Enchanted Ears podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Or I'm new Angela, actually. Woo! We're back! <laughs> we're back. We're better back. than ever. Better than ever. New year. New Happy us. Happy New Year. Well, yeah. Same us. Yeah. New Year, same us. Same us. So, uh, do, do, you, do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions, Joe? Well, you know what I did? And I made it till January 2nd. And, uh, you know, then I stopped. So... <laughs> Well, I would say I would say that's typical, but that's not typical for you. No, no, I think I think I, mean, I really don't do like big resolutions, but uh, I think my goal this year is just to kind of read more. Uh, I do. I like to read. And that's a good one. Yeah, I do. And I, I typically read maybe like a book a month. And I want to try to read a little bit more, maybe, you know, a book every two to three weeks or something that's like that. That's a good goal. So, yeah. I think that's a goal that everybody should take up unless you read more which there's a lot of people who do in that yeah. case yeah there's a lot of people who read yeah read one more, more book. So, yeah so how about you do you have anything uh yeah my general goal is to adult better uh <laughs> okay <laughs> i feel generally as a 30 year old adult that i am still largely irresponsible so my goal is to take more initiative into getting things done and not letting things go until the last minute um, I'm good professionally not letting things go to the last minute. I get them done right away. But if I need to make a doctor's appointment, I will put it off and put it off and put it off. So this year I've been trying to do better with that. Sounds good. I'm also goal world's greatest podcast, but that's another story. <laughs> so we've been off uh, a, a few weeks here for the holidays and everything. So in in those couple weeks, there's been quite a bit of Disney news that's come out. A lot of you know new things in regards to streaming and the theme parks and, and different things like that. So I thought kind of the first episode back, it would be good just to kind of do a, a big recap of all the Disney news that happened um, with, within these past couple of weeks. Good idea. So uh, I, I don't know. I guess we'll start with uh, the photo pass changes coming to Walt Disney World. So it was announced. I don't know if it was announced or, or kind of discovered and then Disney announced more information about it, but in 2019, a lot of the photo passes. So that's where you, these are the ones that are characters, like where the characters are staying. It put they're not the ones that are out and about in the park. Right. Well, what I was going to say is the the photo pass kind of in general is like you said, if you're at a character spot or there's a lot of photographers just out walking around in the theme parks. Now this is they have them both at Disney World and Disneyland to take your picture. But what's changing is, like you said, at the character spots in Disney World, they are removing an actual person photographer, and it's just going to be like a photo booth, kind of like you know if you go to a wedding or a party mm-hmm. and you kind of have a photo booth. It's switching to that where it's just going to be an automated camera. Yeah. So they're rolling this out at Tinkerbell, and then it's going to spread to other uh, of these character encounters. Yeah, well. there's going to be nine locations overall. So uh, Mickey in, in Town Square is one of them. The Adventures Outpost in Animal Kingdom is another one. Um, but what? And apparently these booths are already kind of set up at some of them. So I think they may be testing it. But within 2019, it's going to get rolled out. And what's interesting is it's going to use kind of artificial intelligence to know when to take the pictures. And so that way, because you'll still get the candid shots because a lot of people when they heard this were upset because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have the person there, 
they don't wait just until you're set up and ready for the post picture. They kind of take pictures as you're coming in. as, as To see your face whenever, right. or like the, the kids' faces as they're encountering the characters. Right, as Mickey like greets that. you and things like that. All, all those kind of candid shots, which are sometimes better than the, the canned, hey, everybody's standing here. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think that when, when we went to Disneyland, our shots with uh, Black Widow and Black Panther, the, the candid ones were way better than our posed ones. So I definitely would agree. So they must have some sort of, and I'm, I'm guessing this is going to require some additional training for the actual characters, uh, the people, you know. The, yeah, there's going to be, there's there's gonna gonna be, be a some lot more. Sort of, yeah. There's going to be some sort of like motion or something that the camera detects or whenever people come in, maybe a wave or something that the camera will know to go off then. I, I'm, I'm just guessing. I have no idea how this stuff works. But. Yeah, and, and really, I mean, with these character greetings, there's always usually another cast member there that's kind of bringing you in and taking you out and the photo pass photographer. So I think you're just kind of removing that photographer. You'll still have that other cast member there. And so they may have something to do with kind of hitting, you know, when the, when everybody's set up and and when to kind of take the pictures and things. Maybe they'll even have a button or something. Yeah. So your general thoughts, what do you think of this? Um, I think it's interesting. I definitely, I think like a lot of people are a little concerned of, I wonder how well this will work. I mean, I, I think it's good that Disney's kind of testing this, um, you know, trying to get more artificial intelligence and, and things like that. But I mean, it's definitely a cost cutting measure. I'm not really sure that they needed to cut actual photo pass people. Um mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see. You have to kind of see the quality of the photos and things. But like we said, it's just that the characters, though, uh, I think if they were doing it out in the parks, it would be a much bigger issue. Right. But the and characters, it's more stationary. It's kind of set up. You know, you can you can set up at one angle and be fine as opposed to having to adjust when you're throughout the parks. Right. And like their press about it does mention that there will still be over 100 photo pass photographers throughout the parks just to let you know that like, hey, we're not getting rid of all of these jobs like it's a few jobs it's a cost, like cost cutting measure and of course i guess we're to assume that they're going to put that money back into things like star wars so it's kind of like okay well it's a trade-off it sucks somebody's going to lose their job but it's a trade-off because you're going to have we can put this money somewhere well else. i think i think the fear is that if it does well they start rolling they start out to more and more places yeah so yeah all right so the the next thing uh kind of keeping with the theme parks uh disney purchased it was announced 900 acres of land just a little bit south. Of- 965, okay, to be good, exact. Getting very exact. All right. About, <laughs> t- about 10 miles south of Walt Disney World. And it's a form- It's a ranch. It's like yeah, current the, ranch land now. The BK now. Ranch right. land. So. And they spent $23 million on it, which really doesn't seem like that much money. But, you know, so there's a lot of speculation of, oh, is this going to be a new theme park? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are they going to do for this expansion? And I don't, it, like I said, it's about 10 miles south, so it's kind of within the vicinity. Yeah, it's but southeast it, but it's of off Celebration Fort, Florida. Yeah. So it's not really, I mean, it's close, but it's not that close. Right. And Disney has already released what they intend to do with it. They're saying that they'll use it for conservation-related and water management needs, but you do have to wonder if they're going to take advantage of it for other reasons as well. Well, the thing is, in, in Florida, and I can't remember where I, I saw this, but they have kind of conservation, like you said, conservation water management. They have laws that you have to have retention ponds and different things like that. So that's why you see, you know, when Disney's building the Tron roller coaster, they have to, you know, so much of the work, prep work is 
moving retention ponds out of the way because they just can't get rid of them. They need to manage because it's a swamp. They need to manage that uh, as they move stuff around. So one of the things is if they have this 900 acres of land that they can use for water retention and conservation, that could then potentially free up other land they have closer to the parks. The, the theme, yeah, the parks to build a fifth park or something right. like that. And so. I, mean, I know that there's a big movement right now. That's really good. That I'm glad you pointed that out because there is a big movement. I follow a lot of um, like Nat Geo photographers and things on Instagram, and I notice a lot lately that there's there are these big pushes in Florida for preservation of land. So I think that this could also be seen as you know, like Disney good publicity. Well, they. I mean, they have. They own so much more land in kind of the Orlando area that they do have is just plain conservation. I mean, they, they've kind of earmarked so many acres of just conservation. Mm-hmm. So, you I know, mean, Disney was big on that, right? Yeah. So by buying this land, you know, they can have this as conservation and then free up, you know, other areas that they were currently using as conservation for development that's closer to the parks. That makes more sense. Yeah, so. exactly. So we our next topic is the Magic Kingdom VIP food tour. Yeah, this is right up your alley. Oh, when I, so up my whenever alley. Whenever I saw this come out, I like I had to immediately tell you because I, I knew this was kind of right up your alley here. So in this, you go behind the scenes and you meet the chefs and then you get to see the food arrangement places and sample popular foods in the Magic Kingdom. And it's a three-hour tour. Yeah. A three-hour three tour. A three-hour oh, okay. tour. I thought we were going to try to like make our own Disney song like impromptu no, it's didn't... gilligan's island oh Come on. oh never saw that oh, ever <laughs> but yeah so this sounds like so much fun um but of course there's a caveat because right now i mean for me personally for everybody else tons of fun for me personally i'm doing gluten-free right now uh, i don't know if this is a permanent fixture or if it's if it's just a, a short thing so I'm wondering if they're going, they have, I'm sure they do. They'll do some sort of food allergy no, thing. No, not on this. No way. You don't think so? If you're so? going on this, you're eating what you're eating. I think if you have food allergies. I bet they, I bet they do something. I doubt it. But yeah, so it's, but as you said, it's, it's a, you know, backstage thing, but it does bring up a good point if you do have food allergies because they are so accommodating at all the restaurants. If you have it, what are they going to do on this tour? I kind of think on the tour, it's different because you know what you're getting into and so, you know, they'll probably warn you, you know, hey, like if you have a food allergy or something, don't, don't take the tour. Or you could take the tour, but... Just don't eat this. Yeah, you, yeah, you just can't eat the certain food. Because it sounds like the food is going to always be changing as well. Like you're going to try some of the staples from the different places, but also it's almost like the test kitchen. So, right. so new, that things, was that, the most new things that thing they're working on, you're going to have. So they can't always necessarily have options of that can you imagine going to this like right before halloween or before the food and wine and see some of the things that they're talking about putting in to the parks yeah it would be pretty incredible so it's it's 99 dollars a person and they have it five even that bad no and they have it five days a week yeah for three hours plus food and behind the scenes tours you get to see the test kitchen meet the chefs yeah i think it's a pretty reasonable tour Mm mm-hmm so I, I can imagine this is going to do very well. Like you said, I mean, food and wine is such so a, many Disney foodies. Yeah, it's such a huge event for them now. And I mean, they're really leaning into these food events because every special event now has a food aspect to it. So I think having this food VIP tour uh, is just a, a perfect additional extension. Yeah, exactly. 
So we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to look into whether they offer uh, like gluten free or you know allergy options because I know this is something you would. Yeah, really I feel like, like gluten free is a big one right now, so they might. But I, I know that's that a little like bit easier. That's a little gluten free is I think a little bit easier than um, yeah. than trying to say hey this wasn't made you know with uh, with like people with not allergies like yeah, there's a lot difficult. of issues with cross contamination and stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. So all right, I think that's that's kind of it for for Disney World. Um, so in, in other news, kind of with the Disney plus streaming service. So in the, our continuing saga of the Marvel, <laughs> cinematic uh, universe. Netflix shows, well, no, 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 not cinematic Netflix universe, Netflix universe here. So the Disney plus, uh, the head of Disney plus Kevin Mayer, uh, he did an interview with the Hollywood reporter, I believe. And, you know, they're just asking him about, you know, Disney plus and when things are coming out and, about the the Netflix shows because it kind of was a bit of a, a blind side that they canceled them all, mm-hmm. and you know he not necessarily extremely you know committal to this, but he said, hey, it's it's a possibility that we could bring them back because they're great TV shows. We're always looking for great content, like a uh, phoenix out of the ashes. Yeah, so I, you know he's kind of you know stoking the flames here and and kind of keeping the hope alive. Now the downside is uh, allegedly the contract with netflix says that in the event any of these shows get canceled there's a two-year hiatus before they can appear in any other kind of streaming service or network so at the very least we're looking at 2020 until you know we could we could see them on here now i don't believe the punisher since he wasn't a part of that original deal, I don't believe he has the same restrictions. Ooh. So the Punisher season two comes out January 18th. Netflix announced whoop, whoop. it. So I imagine... I look forward to that. I imagine that's going to get canceled oh, for sure. right after that comes out. So there's the potential if that does well, maybe we see a Punisher in 2019 on some sort of Disney streaming service. And, yeah, and then, that would be Hulu, because right? I would think. Because I Disney mean, owns now Hulu. he said, yeah. I mean, he said Disney Plus. There's a potential. You know, we've heard that they want to keep that more family friendly, and and the more adult content would go to Hulu. So I, yeah, I think. But you know, either way, one of the two streaming services. But maybe 2019, you see The Punisher, and then in 2020, you kind of see Daredevil, Daredevil come, back, come back, right? And some of these other shows. So because then Jessica Jones still has not been canceled. So that's. That's if it gets canceled this year because there's another season coming out, you're not till 2021 till you can mm-hmm. get Jessica Jones. But so I think I think they are keeping the hope alive, and I mean it makes sense for them not to cut off any avenues because if you look at Netflix, I mean they have hundreds of original content oh gosh, coming yeah, out so each month, and because the whole thing is they have to produce a lot because you're not gonna be a subscriber unless there's a ton of content mm-hmm. out there. So Disney, I mean, they have a ton of movies. They have a ton of shows they can put on it, but the more original content they can have, the better, especially with Disney plus and Hulu. So it makes sense to say, Hey, yeah, there's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think they're, I think they're well-received shows. So Oh, absolutely. I would love to see at least those two continue on in Daredevil and Punisher. Yes. I mean, yeah, I yeah, agree. Those two, I, I think are, are really their, their diamonds. They're the best. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think the other thing they have to consider is, well, are we really going to add subscribers if we bring these shows over? Because most of the people that probably want to see Daredevil and Punisher are going to subscribe to Disney Plus for 
the other Marvel shows are already producing or the Star Wars shows are already producing. So it, it could be that too of, hey, we could spend money to produce these shows, but it's really not going to add subscribers because we already have them. Yeah. But I, maybe it's a way to push I, people I to Hulu. I do think though that for customer, for the customer satisfaction, I mean, I think a lot of, they're going to get a large push from people saying, hey, I love Daredevil and it got canceled. So, I mean, I want, I want to see this on your service. So I think that maybe some pressure from the subscribers will make them do it yeah so we'll we'll see i I think it's a couple years down the road like i said either way but uh we'll we'll definitely see uh the last thing i kind of wanted to bring up is this is going kind of international this is our international corner here i gotta work on the on the theme music (laughs) (laughs) i didn't want to say anything you said it not me but going to uh tokyo disneyland they are putting in a, a Beauty and the Beast attraction, which is su- supposedly supposed to be ready for the 2020 Olympics. Now, that's not news. That's That's been announced. They're building a whole kind of land around Beauty and the Beast. But, uh, it looks but the Disney incredible. Park blog released a behind-the-scenes video of kind of as we're getting closer now they're, they're released behind the scenes video of the, of, of the animatronics that they're using for this ride so and they look incredible right I, you showed me right before we started it it i mean the motion on these animatronics is so fluid they're lifelike so it's sort of like if you've seen the seven door wait i have well, to say this right what is it seven dwarves, dwarves mine car uh, they have those really good animatronics but their faces are screens so that the faces are able to change and adapt to whatever situation these particular animatronics though they actually have again their regular animatronic faces so they're back to having real faces not the screens and the faces just have greater movement and like muscle movement and they blink and they're mo- every like i said the motions are so fluid yeah so and even past the seven dwarves, so I would say they're they're more. If you've been on the Frozen Ever After ride, yeah, I they have kind of, for point of they have that um, fluidity kind of to their movements, and and they're very natural. But if you've been on that, you know they have the the projection faces. So it's kind of like the Frozen characters, and then I'll also even say on the Navi River Journey that the shaman. It's kind of on that level where the face isn't a projection. It's an actual face, but it has uh, great detail in it and just fluid motion. So it looks incredible. I mean, the, the few glimpses that they we, gave yeah, you that, of that it. They gave I mean, you. they have a full-size Bell's horse, and the horse was so impressive because, again, something that big and the – you could definitely tell that Disney sat and they watched real horses and the movements of their necks and their heads and things like that. And they really got it down to a science. Like it is, it looks legitimate. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, within the past, I I don't know. It's almost like Westworld level cool. Yeah. I mean, within the past five, five or seven years, you know, with, with frozen and, and the Navi river journey, these kind of, you know, newer model animatronics, Disney actually switched to from a hydraulic to an electric animatronic uh, figure. Because well, doesn't hydraulics, don't they usually have like the release of air sound? Well, it's and fluid. Things, and they're, yeah, they're, it's either, they it's some sort of pressure. So it's either air or right, fluid. So that there's some jerkiness to Exactly. That. And so now they have these all electronic animatronics and that's why they're so much uh, smoother and lifelike. So, you know, if you kind of look at Pirates of the Caribbean animatronics, or it's a small world. They're herky jerky. Right. Versus what you're seeing now with with 
Avatar and Frozen and now Beauty and the Beast, you're right. It, it is, it's kind of getting to that level of almost like Westworld, you know, human-like <laughs> movements because they can They're have... 3D printing them, actually. They can have so much articulation to them and they can, they can be so smooth because they are electronic. Now, what's interesting is that we're a year and a half at this point away and they're showing us the animatronics, which Disney usually likes to keep things close to the vest. (laughs) So it kind of leads a lot of people to believe that Disney's animatronics that they have now are way past this because you have to figure (laughs) they've been developing these. They've been developing these for a few years now. You know, this like, that's so they're full, willing to show you this because they have this. so much more you know, hidden. That exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that they show you this. So, I mean, we have Galaxy's Edge coming up this year, and we have not seen any animatronics, but there's in the in the one ride, the Battle of the Resistance, or Rise of the Resistance, there's supposed to be like 40 or 50 stormtroopers in there. Oh my and I have to imagine, because you don't have to worry about their facial features, that they could put all oh, of it. Would be so much easier. They could put all of it in the body. That they will. You'll think they're people in there. Wow, wow. I, I was gonna. I, just going back to the thing in Japan real quick. I was. I was gonna make the comment that maybe they're willing to release this because it isn't one of their. And I say this in air quotes. Main parks. It's not one of the U.S. parks. It, so of course Disney, uh, Disney World in Florida is their biggest park. But recently, after after kind of looking up how the different Disney parks do Disney, like this is going in Disneyland, Tokyo, Dis- Tokyo, Disneyland. Is it going yeah. To- okay, yeah, so that's, the, that's still one of yeah. their top parks. Like it, right. it does really well. One of the top theme parks in the world, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of their, their biggest attended parks. I mean, that, that beats out some of, some of the other parts. I think that beats out like California adventure and things like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just wanted to point that out in case anybody else was listening and thinking, well, maybe they're just willing to do that because they want to drum up some tourism to that location. But I don't really think that they necessarily need that Oh, yeah, I don't don't think so. Yeah, but I I think, I mean, it's just kind of like the animatronics get better and better every year. And Disney does it so well. They do it better than anybody else. That it's That's really what makes the rides. It makes them so immersive. So, I mean, seeing this, hopefully we get this Beauty and the Beast ride in the U.S., uh, oh, eventually definitely. now I, i've heard that typically what disney does is with any of their international parks they give the parks a five-year um exclusivity clause mm-hmm. so that's why you see the ratatouille ride oh, now just coming to epcot roughly five years after it was in france so mm-hmm. if this opens in 2020 i imagine it's going to do well that we could potentially see this in epcot or Disneyland, you know, somewhere 20 mid mid 2020s, mid mm-hmm. to late 2020s. Maybe they announce it in 2025 or something, and it comes, you know, 2026, 2027. So, yeah. you know, I'm lo- kind of looking forward to this because I think, you know, they're really putting a lot into it, building a whole land around it. And people love Beauty and the Beast. I mean, just look at the new Fantasyland, yeah. building Bell's Castle, yes. be our guest. I mean, I think you could put that ride in there in that new Fantasyland, and, and it would be a great attraction, a great addition. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 I don't know. I think it would really shoehorn well into the parks, all yeah. of them. Yeah. Because I think, like you said, it's one of the more popular. Definitely. Well, I think that, that pretty much covers the Disney news. Like I said, there was, there was quite a bit that came out uh, over the past few weeks, but I think we, we pretty much covered all the main things. There might have been a couple other you know, minor things that came out, but I think that's good. So I think that that's it for our show this week. 
Uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Again, hopefully everybody uh, had a good holiday, had a good New Year's. Thanks yeah, for thanks for New coming Year's. back. Yeah, exactly. And thanks for for giving us a couple weeks break so we can kind of relax and spend some time with our family and our pets and I don't know, veg out. Yeah, recharge <laughs> a little bit. So yeah, so we're looking forward to uh, a great 2019, and we'll see everybody here next week. Uh, and remember, have, have a, a magical, magical day. day.